This episode of Getting the Word with Truth's Table is brought to you by IVP. What do you do when it seems like everybody else is getting their dreams and you're not? Heather Thompson Day's book, It's Not Your Turn, may be just the right thing for you. Stay tuned until the end of the episode to find out more. And by Truth's Table. If you've been blessed by these daily audio Bible podcast readings, please consider supporting Truth's Table on Patreon at patreon.com slash truthstable. This is IVP. Listening to Get in the Word with Truth's Table. Presented by Innervar City Press. The Daily Audio Bible Podcast, read by Dr. Christina Edmondson and Akemeni Uwan. Let's get in the Word, and may the Word get in us. Open our eyes that we may behold wonderful things in your Word. Old Testament reading, 1 Chronicles, chapter 9, verses 35 through 39. Jeel's descendants. Jeel, the father of Gibeon, lived in Gibeon. His wife was Mekah. His firstborn son was Abdon, followed by Zur, Kish, Baal, Ner, Nadab, Gedor, Ahio, Zechariah, and Mikloth. Mikloth was the father of Shimeam. They also lived near their relative in Jerusalem. Ner was the father of Kish, and Kish was the father of Saul. Saul was the father of Jonathan, Malchai, Shua, Abinadab, and Eshbel. 1 Samuel chapter 12 through 1 Samuel chapter 14 verse 15 chapter 12 Samuel said to all Israel I have done everything you requested I have given you a king now look this king walks before you as for me I am old and gray and my sons are here with you I have walked before you from the time of my youth till the present day here I am Bring a charge against me before the Lord and before his chosen king. Whose ox have I taken? Whose donkey have I taken? Whom have I wronged? Whom have I oppressed? From whose hand have I taken a bribe so that I would overlook something? Tell me, and I will return it to you. They replied, You have not wronged us or oppressed us. You have not taken anything from the hand of anyone. He said to them, The Lord is witness against you, and his chosen king is witness this day, that you have not found any reason to accuse me. They said, He is witness. Samuel said to the people, The Lord is the one who chose Moses and Aaron and who brought your ancestors up from the land of Egypt. Now take your positions, so I may confront you before the Lord regarding all the Lord's just actions 
towards you and your ancestors. When Jacob entered Egypt, your ancestors cried out to the Lord. The Lord sent Moses and Aaron, and they led your ancestors out of Egypt and settled them in this place. But they forgot the Lord their God, so he gave them into the hand of Sisera, the general in command of Hazor's army, and into the hands of the Philistines and the king of Moab, and they fought against them. Then they cried out to the Lord and admitted, We have sinned, for we have forsaken the Lord and have served the Baals and the images of Ashtoreth. Now deliver us from the hands of our enemies, so that we may serve you. So the Lord sent Jerubbaal, Barak, Jepheth, and Samuel, and he delivered you from the hands of the enemies all around you, and you were able to live securely. When you saw that King Nahash of the Ammonites was advancing against you, you said to me, No, a king will rule over us, even though the Lord your God is your king. Now look, here is the king you have chosen, the one you asked for. Look, the Lord has given you a king. If you fear the Lord, serving him and obeying him, and not rebelling against what he says, and if both you and the king who rules over you Follow the Lord your God, all will be well. But if you do not obey the Lord and rebel against what the Lord says, the hand of the Lord will be against both you and your king. So now, take your positions and watch this great thing the Lord is about to do in your sight. Is this not the time of the wheat harvest? I will call on the Lord so that he makes it thunder and rain. Realize and see what a great sin you have committed before the Lord by asking for a king for yourselves. So Samuel called to the Lord, and the Lord made it thunder and rain that day. All the people were very afraid of both the Lord and Samuel. All the people said to Samuel, Pray to the Lord your God on behalf of us, your servants, so we won't die, for we have added to all our sins by asking for a king. Then Samuel said to the people, Don't be afraid, you have indeed sinned. However, don't turn aside from the Lord. Serve the Lord with all your heart. You should not turn aside after empty things that can't profit and can't deliver, since they are empty. The Lord will not abandon his people because he wants to uphold his great reputation. The Lord was pleased to make you his own people. As far as I'm concerned, far be it from me to sin against the Lord by ceasing to pray for you. I will instruct you in the way that is good and upright. However, fear the Lord and serve him faithfully with all your heart. Just look at the great things he has done for you. But if you continue to do evil, both you and your king will be swept away. Chapter 13 Saul Fails the Lord Saul was 30 years old when he began to reign. He ruled over Israel for 40 years. Saul selected for himself 3,000 men from Israel. Of these 2,000 were with Saul at Michmash and in the hill country of Bethel. The remaining 1,000 were with Jonathan at Gibeoth in the territory of Benjamin. He sent all the rest of the people back home. Jonathan attacked the Philistine outpost that was at Geba, and the Philistines heard about it. Then Saul alerted all the land, saying, Let the Hebrews pay attention. All Israel heard this message. Saul has attacked the Philistine outposts, and now Israel is repulsive to the Philistines. So the people were summoned to join Saul at Gilgal. Meanwhile, the Philistines gathered to battle with Israel. 
Then they went up against Israel with 3,000 chariots, 6,000 horsemen, and an army as numerous as the sands on the seashore. They went up and camped at Michmash, east of Beth-Avon. The men of Israel realized they had a problem because their army was hard-pressed. So the army hid in caves, thickets, cliffs, strongholds, and cisterns. Some of the Hebrews crossed over the Jordan River to the land of Gad and Gilead. But Saul stayed at Gilgal. The entire army that was with him was terrified. He waited for seven days, the time period indicated by Samuel. But Samuel did not come to Gilgal, and the army began to abandon Saul. So Saul said, Bring me the burnt offering and the peace offerings. Then he offered a burnt offering. Just when he had finished offering the burnt offering, Samuel appeared on the scene. Saul went out to meet him and to greet him. But Samuel said, What have you done? Saul replied, When I saw that the army had started to abandon me and that you didn't come at the appointed time and that the Philistines had assembled at Michmash, I thought, Now the Philistines will come down on me at Gilgal and I have not sought the Lord's favor. So I felt obligated to offer the burnt offering. Then Samuel said to Saul, You have made a foolish choice. You have not obeyed the commandment that the Lord your God gave you. Had you done that, the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. But now your kingdom will not continue. The Lord has sought out for himself a man who is loyal to him, and the Lord has appointed him to be leader over his people for you have not obeyed what the Lord commanded you. Then Samuel set out and went up from Gilgal to Gibeah, in the territory of Benjamin. Saul mustered the army that remained with him. There were about 600 men. Saul, his son Jonathan, and the army that remained with them stayed in Gibeoth in the territory of Benjamin, while the Philistines camped in Michmash. Raiding bands went out from the camp of the Philistines in three groups. One band turned towards the road leading to Ophrah by the land of Shual. Another band turned towards the road leading to Beth Horon. And yet another band turned towards the road leading to the border that overlooks the valley of Zeboim in the direction of the desert. A blacksmith could not be found in all the land of Israel, for the Philistines had said, This will prevent the Hebrews from making swords and spears. So all Israel had to go down to the Philistines in order to get their plowshares, cutting instruments, axes, and sickles sharpened. They charged two-thirds of a shekel to sharpen plowshares and cutting instruments, and one-third of a shekel to sharpen picks and axes, and to set ox goads. So on the day of the battle, no sword or spear was to be found in the hand of anyone in the army that was with Saul and Jonathan. No one but Saul and his son, Jonathan, had them. Jonathan ignites a battle. A garrison of the Philistines had gone out to the pass at Michmash. Chapter 14 Then one day Jonathan, son of Saul, said to his armor-bearer, Come on, let's go over to the Philistine garrison that is opposite us. But he did not let his father know. Now Saul was sitting under a pomegranate tree in Migron, on the outskirts of Gibeath. The army that was with him numbered about 600 men. Now Ahijah, was carrying an ephod. He was the son of Atab, who was the brother of Ichabod, and a son of Phinehas, son of Eli, the priest of the Lord in Shiloh. The army was unaware that Jonathan had left. Now there was a steep cliff on each side of the pass 
through which Jonathan intended to go to reach the Philistine garrison. One cliff was named Bozes, the other Seneth. The cliff to the north was closer to the Michmash, the one to the south closer to Geba. Jonathan said to the armor-bearer, Come on, let's go over to the garrison of these uncircumcised men. Perhaps the Lord will intervene for us. Nothing can prevent the Lord from delivering, whether by many or by a few. His armor-bearer said to him, Do everything that is on your mind. Do as you're inclined. I'm with you all the way. Jonathan replied, All right, we'll go over to these men and fight them. If they say to us, Stay put until we approach you, we will stay right there and not go up to them. But if they say, Come up against us, we will go up. For in that case the Lord has given them into our hand. It will be a sign to us. When they made themselves known to the Philistine garrison, the Philistines said, Look, the Hebrews are coming out of the holes in which they hid themselves. Then the men of the garrison said to Jonathan and his armor-bearer, Come on up to us so we can teach you a thing or two. Then Jonathan said to his armor-bearer, Come up behind me, for the Lord has given them into the hand of Israel. Jonathan crawled up on his hands and feet, with his armor-bearer following behind him. Jonathan struck down the Philistines, while his armor-bearer came along behind him and killed them. In this initial skirmish, Jonathan and his armor-bearer struck down about twenty men in an area that measured half an acre. Then fear overwhelmed those who were in the camp, those who were in the field, all the army in the garrison, and the raiding bands. They trembled and the ground shook. This fear was caused by God. Testament reading, 1 Timothy chapter 1. Salutation. From Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the command of God our Savior and of Christ Jesus our hope, to Timothy, my genuine child in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord, Timothy's task in Ephesus. As I urge you when I was leaving for Macedonia, stay on in Ephesus to instruct certain people not to spread false teachings, nor to occupy themselves with myths and interminable genealogies. Such things promote useless speculations rather than God's redemptive plan that operates by faith. But the aim of our instruction is love that comes from a pure heart, a good conscience, and a sincere faith. Some have strayed from these and turned away to empty discussions. They want to be teachers of the law, but they do not understand what they are saying or the things they insist on so confidently. But we know that the law is good if someone uses it legitimately, realizing that the law is not intended for a righteous person, but for lawless and rebellious people, for the ungodly and sinners, for the unholy and profane, for those who kill their fathers or mothers, for murderers, sexually immoral people, practicing homosexuals kidnappers, liars, perjurers, in fact, for any who live contrary to sound teaching. This accords with the glorious gospel of the blessed God that was entrusted to me. I am grateful to the one who has strengthened me, Christ Jesus our Lord, because he considered me faithful in putting me into ministry, even though I was formerly a blasphemer and a persecutor and an arrogant man. But I was treated with mercy because I acted ignorantly in unbelief. 
and our Lord's grace was abundant, bringing faith and love in Christ Jesus. This saying is trustworthy and deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, and I am the worst of them. But here is why I was treated with mercy, so that in me as the worst, Christ Jesus could demonstrate his utmost patience as an example for those who are going to believe in him for eternal life. Now to the eternal King, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. I put this charge before you, Timothy, my child, in keeping with the prophecies once spoken about you, in order that with such encouragement you may fight the good fight. To do this, you must hold firmly to faith and a good conscience which some have rejected, and so have suffered shipwreck in regard to the faith. Among these are Herminius and Alexander, whom I handed over to Satan to be taught not to blaspheme. This is the word of God for the people of God. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. Let us go boldly to God's throne of grace. Gracious and holy God, we thank you, O Lord, for an opportunity to sit with your word. We thank you, O God, that you have chosen in your divine wisdom and compassion to communicate with us by the power of the Spirit through Scripture. And God, more than we know it or realize it or act like it, we desperately need to hear from you. We need your instruction. We need your guidance. We need your counsel. We need your word to be the light that lights up our path, that lights our way, O oh God. For we are so easily tempted to go astray, to do our own thing, to make up our own standards of morality, O oh Lord. But you are God, and you are God alone. And you set the standards for what is right and what is wrong, and what is holy and what is profane. And so God, today, we acknowledge that we are often tempted to be our own God, to create our own systems of morality, O oh Lord. And yet in your divine love and compassion, you have shown great grace and forbearance in choosing those who were not righteous or perfect, but in choosing the sinner. We reflect on these words, particularly from the New Testament. Oh God, and the ways in which you have shown yourself glorious and glorious to save in choosing those who would describe themselves as chief among sinners, oh God. And so we thank you, O Lord, that you work through flawed and broken and confused and contrary people every single day. We thank you, O Lord, that you are indeed doing a great work in your people, even if we don't see it or feel it, O God. The roots, the roots are growing deep, even though we don't see what's above the surface so easily. And so we thank you, O God, for your sanctifying power through the Holy Spirit in our lives. And we pray, O oh God, that we would live as people that are being transformed by the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, O oh God, that you are making us more like Jesus. And we pray today that we would agree with you about matters of morality and ethics, O oh God, matters of holiness and justice. Would you teach us and guide us through your word, O oh Lord? And would you grant us deep discernment? so that we are not tempted to believe things or to yield to things, teachings, O oh God, that are beyond your law, that we are not tempted to embrace forms of legalism where you have granted us freedom. O oh God, 
Let us be able to hear and discern your voice. We are sheep that are connected to you, our good shepherd. So we pray, O Lord, for the ability to discern your way, your will, your ethics, O Lord, and that we pray by the empowerment of the Holy Spirit that we would obey you. It is in Christ's name that we pray. Amen and amen. Has your Instagram feed made you feel like everyone else is more successful, more fulfilled and happier than you? If so, you're not alone in wondering when your turn will come. In her book, It's Not Your Turn, Heather Thompson Day unpacks instant gratification and peer comparison in a social media world. She shares how we can learn to walk slowly and trust God to do his work in us, being more present in our relationships rather than striving for premature image-based success. Here's what to do while you're waiting for your breakthrough so that you can be ready when it's your turn. As a listener of this podcast, you can get 30% off plus free U.S. shipping when you use the promo code, the word. That's promo code T-H-E-W-O-R-D at IVPress.com. We pray this time of getting the word with Truth Table has encouraged us all to not only be hearers of God's word, but doers. Share your reflections on these scriptures with us on Twitter and Instagram using the hashtag GetInTheWord and hashtag TruthsTable. Saints, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Go with God. Get in the Word with Truth's Table is a production of InterVarsity Press. For 75 years, IVP has created and published resources that deepen lives for Christ to engage the university, church, and the world. Visit ivpress.com for more information. Our Bible reading plan is from biblestudytogether.com, and the Bible version is the new English translation used by permission. Sound engineering is from Pottery Studios, and our executive producer is Helen Lee. Let's go, so I'll take